Welcome to Anton Knows. I'm your host, Anton. This is episode 31. Back to the TARDIS again, and we're going to continue our adventures with Christopher Eckertson. And he was the doctor in 2005. Ah, yes, 2005. We remember it well. Christopher Eckertson, you probably might recognize from him from his trademark signature black jacket. And the reason why they did that was because... Russell T. Davis, the new producer of Doctor Who, was a lifelong Doctor Who fan, said that he wanted to strip down the Doctor instead of making him look uh, like a something he dressed up out of a uh, costume uh, closet, that he was dressed up just an ordinary, regular guy and stuff. But... Here's the odd thing. When my mother first saw him, and it's odd that when other people watch the shows I watch, my mother asked me, what are you watching? And I said, I'm watching Doctor Who. And my mother says, you don't look like Doctor Who. So it's to each his own. And he had that uh, signature uh, short haircut. He was also a little bit more of a darker doctor, battle-scarred and beat up. We'll get to that reasons why here. And here's an interesting quote from the show that uh, would more or less sum up this season. You want to come with me? If you do, I should warn you. You'll see all sorts of things. Ghosts from the past, aliens from the future, the day the Earth died in a ball of flame. It won't be quiet, it won't be safe, and it won't be calm. But I'll tell you one thing, a trip of a lifetime. Okay, so... It took a long time for Doctor Who to get back to TV. And Russell T. Davis, who is this big, lifelong Doctor Who fan, he had done another show uh, which was getting criticized, but also was a big hit uh, on uh, about gay men. And he uh, put in a lot of Doctor Who references in there. So after he had done a big success with another show, called uh, The Second Coming, which he worked for Christopher Atkinson, he said, I want to do Doctor Who. And the BBC was greenlit. The new, the older guys that were there for many, many years had been shuffled out, and new people had come in and said, oh, I love Doctor Who. We should do Doctor Who. So we'll talk about Christopher Atkinson and his... Uh, how he got the part, and a little bit of what I know about him from what how I met him when we get to the end. Okay, so here's Rose. Rose is a young girl, works at a department store. She has a boyfriend and a regular life, and she meets the doctor. And uh, she, her department store blows up because of the autons. The autons are those plastic aliens that John Pertwee ran into, and they're back again, and the doctor helps defeat them, and she uh, and him decides that she's going to join the doctor on his adventures, because she he promises. Oh, by the way, it doesn't just travel in space; it also travels in time. This TARDIS, free of charge, and so then it, we get both episodes back to back. The second episode was called. The end of the world. Now, I wasn't used to this format of, you know, no breaks in between, no, we'll see you next Saturday kind of thing, because the old Doctor Who used to do that. They had to change the format of the show completely. 
and they hadn't done a, a uh, science fiction show in a long time with the BBC, and so they said it was a tough and long shoot. So at the end of the world, a group of aliens gathered together on a uh, space platform to watch the Earth die in a ball of flame. The doctor says to Rose, welcome to the end of the world. So she asks, where is everybody? And the doctor says, well, everybody's gone. The planet's uh, deserted. It's, uh, it's going to die, and they're, they're going to desert it. But there's some alien intrigue going on here. Somebody is a murderer, and the doctor is trying to uh, figure it out. Of course he does. And we also meet this flat-skinned uh, creature who may be an alien, may be a human, voiced by Dane Judy Dench. So a lot of people wanted to be a part of this show. Uh, in the end, okay? Uh, the Unquiet Dead. The doctor travels back to Victorian London with Rose to meet Charles Dickens, and of course he meets him, and so a group of a gas aliens, these aliens that survive on gas because there's this breach, and this uh, housekeeper can communicate with the dead. But turns out she's not communicating with uh, dead spirits. She's communicating with these aliens who need bodies in order to exist. So, uh, Charles Dickens and the Doctor and Rose, Charles Dickens actually saves the Doctor by uh, turning on all the gas and blowing the money. Yes, uh, another big two-parter. And in this, the Doctor and Rose go back to Earth and they see a spaceship crash into Big Ben and... They find out that the, the Selene are at uh, work again. So they have taken over the British government, and they want to uh, take over uh, the Earth and then eventually everyone else along with them. There's a lot of fart jokes and stuff like that, and I think they just added that in for the little kids. And so They said they had a lot of problems with the computer effects at first in those days, interblending. Uh, practical effects with computer effects because they were having uh, problems with that. And the first time, this mysterious thing called Bad Wolf. Everywhere the Doctor and Rose travel, there's these words, Bad Wolf, Bad Wolf, whatever that means. Well, we'll find out. And now probably the best episode of this series. Now, the Doctor does reveal to Rose uh, that my planet is gone. So when I first heard that myself, I went, what? And they meant Gallifrey and the Time Lords and all their wisdom and all their things that protect the universe is gone. It was destroyed by the Daleks. The Daleks and them fought a time war and everybody lost. The Daleks, uh, uh, in order to stop them, the Doctor burns their fleet and destroys Gallifrey along with it, in order to stop them once and for all. Well, we think. Now, of course, the BBC did not own the rights to the Daleks because uh, Terry Nation did. And uh, they said to the press, oh, of course the Daleks are going to be back. Well, yes, maybe no. But uh, they had another alien planned in case... They couldn't get the Daleks, but eventually they, they got it from the estate of Terry Nation and they let them use it. 
and they let this author who had written a Doctor Who story for Big Finish to write for them. Here's the plot. The Doctor and Rose travel to an underground vault where there's a fellow named Van Staten. He's this almost broke billionaire. He is gathering alien artifacts. And he tells the Doctor he has one living specimen, and he wanted to see it. So the Doctor says, oh, of course, let me see it. So he locks him up, and this alien specimen doesn't talk, even though they torture it. And guess what it is? It's the last survivor of the Time War, a Dalek. Rose accidentally revives it through the, the power of like the energy from the Time War, uh, and has now, or the energy of the TARDIS, and now on capacity. And that suction cup that it carries, it it's even more deadly than it, and it has, and its death ray is more potent, and it can elevate over stairs, and and it's ten times more deadlier. You can shoot bullets at it, throw grenades at it; it won't kill it. The doctor said, if this gets out, there only will be one being, and we find out that the doctor. Uh, uh, when he confronts the Dalek, he he becomes a lot like the uh, the last. He is the last survivor too, and the Dalek even says, "You would make a go." Uh, the Rose eventually uh, commits it to it, it, it have it change because it wants to see the sunlight one last time, but it realizes that it can't survive either, so it it des- it destroys itself. But it's pretty cool. It's probably. I think that Christopher Eckerson finally got his doctor when uh, this was eventually uh, Reese, this battle-scarred uh, fella. It also could be a little bit funny and a little bit, and feeling immense tragedy and sadness. So now we come to the long game. Uh, 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 on a, a planet, people will travel with the doctor. Uh, the, one of those events, Staten's people travels with the doctor and Rose and friends before uh, me, many years into the future, and he gets this device placed in his mind. He doesn't make a very good companion when he lets these fellows from the future. And interference from the doctor changes the, the future there. They, there's like this futuristic channel, like reality shows and all these other things, and uh, they create this big uh, satellite in the air. Father's Day. You know that it's dangerous to travel. Even with the doctor, it's dangerous. Rose wants to travel back in time and meet her father because she never really knew him. But her mother told her all these stories about him and how wonderful he was and that he was a good person. But when you finally meet somebody you love and you you know, and you never really knew, he's not all he's cracked up to be. He's supposed to get killed by a car before a wedding and he doesn't get killed and now there's a time abandonment. The doctor is like, I'm going to leave you here on your own. Worse yet, Giant bat creatures appear that devour the time uh, continuum. So uh, the doctor has to uh, stop them. Probably one of the best of their episodes. And then a real creeper in 
the empty child, and the doctor dances. Captain Jack Heartless, who later goes on to do his own show called Torchwood. Yes, I know. Torchwood is Doctor Who backwards. I never was a fan of Torchwood. I'm sorry. I just never really could get into it. I never thought much of it. It kind of reminded me of a Doctor Who novel without the Doctor in it. Sorry. Anyway, in this episode, he's like this time agent who saves Rose's life, and there's this little bit of a love triangle. The creepiest part of this is this uh, energy from some kind of alien debris falls into London during World War II, during the Blitz, and... It has infected all these people. They are basically microbes that have fought these people were injured when they were uh, really dead. And they just didn't understand it. So it found a little child and it infected it with, are you my mommy? So the doctor has to find a way to cure them. And in a way, in the end, of course, he does. And he dances, and he says to Rose, he says, today, everybody lives. Boomtown. So the Celine return, the last survivor, this big, chubby, fat girl, she uh, asks, don't send me back to my home planet because they're going to boil me alive because I failed. So uh, the doctor and Captain Jack Harless uh, stop her. And then the big grand finale. Why only one season, Christopher? You were so wonderful. We hardly knew you. But, oh well, here we go. Bad Wolf, we find out what that means, and the parting of the ways. Bad Wolf is finally revealed. Bad Wolf is Rose. Okay? Remember that same station that the Doctor changed in that universe? Remember that? Well... Everything has changed now and sending out a signal far into space. The Dalek Emperor and his fleet have survived. A new generation of Daleks is about to attack Earth in the future and then eventually dominate the whole universe. Uh, they capture Rose, but Rose stares into the heart of the TARDIS and all this energy that's in the TARDIS is in now in her. And she says, I am bad wolf. I bring life. I bring death. She brings back Dr. Jack Harless, who makes him practically immortal. And then she also just destroys the Dalek fleet, blows it up and destroys it. She says that she feels the earth, the sun, the moon, the night, the day. And the doctor says, doesn't it drive you mad? That's what I feel. So the doctor kisses her. She needs all the energy back from the uh, bad, uh, the energy from the TARDIS, and it destroys him in the process, just like it did in uh, the Caves of Androzoria. She lives, and the Doctor regenerates, and he says, "Just one more word, Rose, before I go." I go. All my cells are dying, but I was, you know, was fantastic, and you know what? So was I. And he regenerates. Can a guy who loves Doctor Who, an actor who played Doctor Who in his yard, become Doctor Who? Yes, he can. Well, 
about it. Now, he was in big movies. He was in Thor, The Dark World, where he played a dark elf. And he was in 28 Days Later. And he was in G.I. Joe, a terrible movie called The Rise of Cobra, where he played Destro. And he was in a bu- dozens of other things, too, and lots of British TV and lots, some American TV. But here's the interesting thing. Nobody cared about that. He had 8 by 10 glossies of him as the Doctor. Everybody wanted him as the ninth Doctor. And I got mine, and he was very nice. He had questioned me about my accent. He thought I was from Brooklyn or the Bronx, and I said... And as a New Jersey native, you don't hear it. But he, uh, he said, are you from the Bronx? And I went, no, from Jersey. Oh, what part of Jersey? He was very nice. I gave him some British soldiers. He really liked that. He was very, very uh, nice. Little people were a little apprehensive to meet him. He was promoting his uh, book about his autobiography and talking about his struggles with anorexia and all these other problems that he developed uh, from his father because his father had, like, emotional problems. Like, he would lash out, and then he would calm down and not know what to do. And unfortunately, he had dementia and had to take care of him until he passed away. So uh, he was a very uh, interesting fellow. So here's how he got the part. He got the part because... Uh, as he said, Russell T. Davis wanted to produce it and because he was a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, Christopher Atkinson said he never rewatched really the show. He knew about it, but he never watched the show. But maybe it was be- for the best anyway because he had a fresh approach to the character. Uh, the reason why he only stayed for one season is he says, the gutter press, as he says, the, uh, all those tabloids roasted him over the fire saying he's a terrible person and all these other mean and nasty things. Now, the uh, BBC uh, said that the higher-ups gave him uh, a higher time, too. Uh, internet rumors can say all kinds of things about the differences between the three men uh, Stephen Muffet had joined Russell T. Davis's crew at that time, and eventually he got to become producer. There was fighting, inner fighting between them. Eckerson said he'd never play Doctor Who again, in a way, and he wasn't really interested in doing the big uh, 50th anniversary special. But never say never. That's one of my mantras. Never say never. So recently, Big Finish Productions, he did one box set, and then... Now, right now, if I say these words, he's doing another. So, there you go. A good run. A great, a great restart. I was just happy Doctor Who had returned, and it was uh, not for almost over a year when it was on Sci-Fi Channel did we actually get to see it. And then we got to see it, on, and now, on BBC America, as soon as it's out, it's, it, it's on TV. So, can a fan of Doctor Who become Doctor Who, like I said before? Absolutely. And we'll see that again on another Anto Nose.